Hello and welcome to Miss Checkpoint, the video game book club podcast. Today we're discussing Black Mesa. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always is the homie, we got Trevor. What's going on? And since this is a guest chosen game, I can go ahead and introduce the guests and it is my homie Jonas. What's up Jonas? Hey guys, how you doing? Excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about Black Mesa, man. I'm I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to introduce the game first, and then we can talk about why you chose the game. Is that cool? Sure thing. Yeah. Okay. So, Black Mesa is a first-person shooter developed and published by Crowbar Collective. It is a third-party remake of Valve's 1998 debut title, Half-Life. And was originally released as a free mod for Half-Life 2 in September 2012. Uh, the original Half-Life won over 50 PC Game of the Year awards and is considered one of the most influential first-person shooters, as well as one of the greatest video games of all time. Uh, the Black Mesa project was initially announced in 2005, shortly after the release of the Source Engine port of the original game. And over the course of its nearly decade-long development cycle, the game was overhauled and redesigned several times and even includes a multiplayer. It was featured in several video game publications and received direct attention from Valve themselves, and despite gaining most of its notability due to its long development time and countless delays, it did receive positive reviews from critics despite not being released in a complete state. Praise was mainly directed towards the gameplay and attention to detail, comparing it to that of an official Valve release. Uh, the gameplay of Black Mesa is reminiscent to that of the original game. The player controls Gordon Freeman, a scientist at the Black Mesa Research Facility in New Mexico, as he navigates through the complex after a botched experiment with alien material goes wrong. The core gameplay consists of fighting alien and human enemies with a variety of weapons and solving puzzles. Just like the original Half-Life, the player has almost complete uninterrupted control of Freeman, and the story is told mostly through scripted sequences seen through his eyes, a rare occurrence for games at that time. And the main additions that Black Mesa brought to the table were an entirely reskinned collection of textures, models, and NPCs. It was noticeably longer, and there's additional dialogue and story elements. Um, and I'm going to kick it to you, Jonas, so you can kind of explain why you chose Black Mesa. Why did you do this to us? <laughs> wow. All right. So I've been a fan of the Half-Life franchise for a, quite a while. So the day that I got my gaming PC, I also got this one collection that Valve threw out a couple of years ago, more than 10 years ago, probably, which was called the Orange Box. And that had... Team Fortress 2, which is what I got that pack for, because it looked like a cool game. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is my game. <laughs> yeah, I play. I play that game so much, dude. Like after I go, I got like after it mellowed down with Team Fortress, then I started to check out the other games. But then started playing Portal, right? Because that's that what was, I got it for. <laughs> yeah, because it was like when it came out, it was like this kind of meme game because of the cake, and. I liked it so much. I liked the story. I, I I was like, all right, let me check it out. What else is there? So I started reading, and then I I, I, I saw that Half-Life 2 is part of the same universe as Portal, right? So I played that game, Half-Life 2, Episode 1, and then Episode 2, and that just blew my mind, man. So I kind of got introduced to this franchise on reverse because Portal was the latest iteration of that, I guess, canon. Uh, then Half-Life, they've had, like, one. When I played Half-Life 1... 
which mine at the time it had inferior graphics. It was, it was way shorter. I absolutely fell in love with that game. Like Half Life Two is great. Don't get me wrong. I love the gameplay, but hey, we were talking before the podcast that you wanted me to talk about the story, right? I yeah. just, I just kind of like I, me seeing what happened before Half Life Two, and I got that context playing Half Life One. I guess I kind of understood this story better, but you know, I chose this game because this is like a fan-made version of Half Life One with Half-Life 2 graphics slash physics engine, right? Mm-hmm. In my opinion, after playing it, I, I know I, I, I don't want to, like, uh, spoil anything. I don't know if you liked it or not, but at least for me, this is the best Half-Life game that I've played. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I like it more than the official <laughs> Valve games because you got the gameplay and stages and just flow of the game of Half-Life 1, which is what really set it apart from the second one. This feels like a complete game, whereas Half-Life 2 definitely feels like it's segmented into different chapters, yeah. different things that are going on. This is like a an entire journey that Gordon Freeman has to go through on a normal workday that you don't even know what's going on. Boom, something blows up, and you got to fix it, right? The stages are great. I love the setting. It feels like I'm fighting through Area 51 or something like that. I love the the whole... You know, the government is trying to suppress this thing that's happening at this lab sort of vibe. It kind of feels like, I don't want to go too into conspiracy theories, but it does feel like this is something that you kind of read about. No, you don't read about things that happen like this, but you kind of imagine, whoa, this is like not that much sci-fi. This is like a thing that, you know, pretty cool. I wish like I kind of knew more about the science behind it because half this story has a lot of like science background on it. But overall, um, I love this game. I don't know about you guys. You guys can tell me. Be honest if you hated it. So <laughs> b- before before we go into criticism, I do have one question. Um, so y'all mentioned this is like a recreation of Half Life One, but is it considered like an official part of the Half Life universe? Ye- I I I believe I read at one point that Valve does consider it like a like approved iteration of the game. Um, okay, but it this game adds more to the story, whereas me as a Half Life fan, I consider it canon. I think they they did a great job connecting a lot of stuff that happened into and but mostly characters. You see a bunch of characters here, especially at the start, that are in two, but you never see in the first game. So you kind of like, mm. you know, you, you know how in the second game they're like, Gordon, nice to meet you. Remember when we used to hang out so much at Black Mesa facility? And then you play the Half-Life game and you, you don't even see that guy, right? But in this game, you kind of see the guy at the start, you know? So were there but, any, like, legal hurdles for them to, like, create this game and put it on the market? I, I don't believe so. I think that Valve was pretty cool with it from the start. It did take a lot of delays the mm-hmm. game was also free at one point when it first came out and yeah I yeah I, I was gonna say um just based off what i had read um i mean the development of the game because it, it was valve came out with half-life 2 in 2004 and then they re they released several of the previous titles so they re-released half-life source and it was a more updated version and i think Which, at, 
Go it ahead. didn't do anything, by the way. The Source engine, it was just adding the physics, but the graphics were pretty much... Like, there was some texture changes, but it wasn't as pretty as this one. You mm-hmm. know? But, but yeah, I go think, ahead. I was going to say, I think that's when they officially, they officially started the project in 2005. And so, like, when it did come out in 2012, it was a free mod for Half-Life 2. And because, I guess... I think Valve was really cool with them doing it because they did give them some some press while the game was coming out. So, I mean, I feel like they had to have been cool with it because they sell it on freaking Steam now, you know? Yeah, well, think about it. Valve is a company that before they got big with Steam stores and stuff like that, they were pretty much... Most of their big games were fan mods at one point so mm-hmm. Team Fortress I think that was a mod of Half-Life 2 right or Corner Strike and Portal was a mod of Half-Life I'm pretty sure of that and then Half-Life itself I think was made on the Quake engine right I think I'm so. not I'm not entirely sure but I think it, it would be kind of and then Dota, of course, Dota was a, a Warcraft mod. And then the, there's the fact that they put out Gary's mod so people could, like, create... And don't they have, like, a... You can use our assets to create, like, kind of silly videos and stuff, too? Yeah, the Source Filmmaker, yeah. yeah. And uh, and overall, you know, if... if I, I think they really don't have a choice to, to kind of, like, be crappy at the developers for this game because they've neglected the Half-Life franchise for a really long time now. And I think that me playing this game kind of gives me a little bit more hope that they can... Somebody's make, working on something. <laughs> they can sort of make... Uh, even if I get a fan-made version of Episode 3, I don't know if you guys heard you, about the... You want Episode 3 that. over Half-Life 3? Yes. yes. Really? Be- yes. So, all right. Uh, this is still on topic, but basically... <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, the uh, the writer for Half Life, and I may be wrong. I'm sorry if people are listening, like cringing at my incorrect information. But uh, there's the writer of the Half Life franchise, or one of the main storytellers. His, his name is Mark Laidlaw, right? So this guy, he was like sort of like a standby employee involved. Like he was the writer, but all those years that they didn't make Episode Three. And he was like sort of hanging out. Then he kind of got laid off, and he released uh, an unofficial the script, right? script of episode three, not mm-hmm. Half Life three of episode three. And it kind of ties in with the Portal universe, really, like, really lovely as well. And I want to see. There, there's this one part where they're talking about basically a teleportation device, which which also links it to Half Life one, but. You know, um, the Black Mesa facility and, and the Lambda, they were making this teleportation thing. And that experiment went wrong, and that's when the whole Resonance Cascade happened, right? But they kind of tuned that um, technology, and they were transporting an actual, like, cruise ship called the Borealis, right? So the Borealis, not only does it start traveling through space, I believe it also starts traveling through time. I may be wrong on this. But episode three has a, you know, the the script that he put out talks about he's going like they're stuck in this warp state between different places and different things. I want to see that on a game, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I think that would be so cool. 
So that, I that got released like a or leaked like a, a year ago, right? Or yeah, it was pretty recent. Yeah, and, I do remember hearing about that. I, I do. I do remember feeling emotion, like emotions, like man, you know, like <laughs> come on, guys. So I, I, I that's a that's episode three. We didn't, and we, and we know have like three probably exist at one point or another. So this is just the thing that goes before that game. I want to see that, you know. Gotcha. So let me rein it back in a little bit, Trevor. Um, for you, what is your background? We've heard Jonas's background with the Half Life franchise. What's your background with Half Life? Um, so I had no idea that it was connected to Portal, but I've played both Portal games, enjoyed both of them thoroughly. Um, as far as just Valve games in general. Um, you know, I played the orange box. TF2 was my game. I put hundreds of hours into that game. Um, but never even touched Half-Life. And I think I've had the games in my Steam library for a while. (laughs) I don't know anybody with Steam who doesn't have Half-Life in in their library. So I don't. (laughs) I think at one point I bought like the, the Valve collection or something like that. Um, just cause all the games that I didn't have in it were like 20 cents or so. Um, but yeah, um, never touched the games. So, and before we started playing this, I had no idea that it was a remake of the first game. I thought it was just like a, a fan made, um, mod, like telling their own story or something like that. So what you didn't even know until... Just today? Just now? In well, podcast? I was reading about the game a little bit before gotcha. we started recording, but but yeah, this is news to me. <laughs> well, um, for me, kind of like them, I got the Orange Box, and that was really my first introduction. I wasn't a PC gamer, so I got it on uh, 360, and that's my first introduction to Valve, and um, I had got it for Portal, and I loved Portal, and then that kind of made me a Valve fan. And uh, I didn't really play TF2 that much. And then um, I ended up <laughs> a long way around it. I think, Trevor, you same way maybe. Like, I got into Left 4 Dead, and I really liked the Left 4 Dead series. And then I realized, like, oh, like, these are the same people that, you know, like, are uh, put out this Half-Life game. And I have the orange box, so... I think one summer break or spring break for school, I ended up playing Half-Life 2 and the episodes 1 and 2 off of the orange box. And I and I really did dig them. I really liked it. And uh, I just, because I didn't have a PC, I was like, I just won't ever play Half-Life 1. So it's this playing this has been a nice way to kind of come full circle and kind of see, not that I remember Half-Life 2, like, the story but just seeing like what led to the events of Half-Life 2 and just seeing the characters and just that world so this, this was a good opportunity to come from the beginning and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got to play this game because uh, there's been no way that I was going to play Half-Life 1 especially look at the screenshots of it I've seen I feel um, like I must interject here and it, it's not actually a full circle a full circle yet. <laughs> um, True. There is a chapter that is still not completed. So the Zen? game. Yeah. And okay. 
that's like the coolest part of Half Life One, man. Is, so wait, is that after the events of are at the end of Black Mesa? That yeah. So you know how it ends. It says um, status postponed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're making. They're still making. Um, the the Xen part of the game, I think that they're making it into an actual like actual game. Like I think oh. because this game, um, from what I haven't understood and and from what I, I was reading, what I was told, it's not a one-one recreation of Half Life. They added more content and they mm-hmm. added more story elements. And there's a lot of stuff that I remember. There's a lot of stuff that I don't remember. But overall, it still feels with the same quality and care as. The original one, like it does, feel like a Valve. It does feel like a yeah. Valve game. Yeah, like I'm. I don't. I don't even. That, that's why I was saying. Like I am. I cannot. I cannot wait for when they release that Xen part of the game because I think they're gonna have a little bit more creativity. Do you guys want me to tell you what that's about? Like in the story, we can sure. So basically, well, well actually, so I beat the game. Obviously, you beat the game, Jonas. Trevor, do you remember how far you got? Um. I think it was like a little ways after like one of the twists where basically he gets knocked out. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you, you made it pretty far already. I think you got like three maybe, hours. Yeah, three yeah. hours left. So you already <laughs> it took me you're already... longer than that to get there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean um like after that I think you got three hours of gameplay. Oh, time. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're already you're already out you're already out of the um the complex so that's good so so yeah you, what were you what, what were you saying um uh, Marcus oh I was just saying Trevor do you are you cool with him oh yeah I've I've okay. already watched the rest of it just to oh, okay get an okay, idea okay. Of okay what I've been missing then go ahead Jonas so uh you you asked me to sort of like talk about the story so i think i'm gonna like piggyback this and then run off to that what the extent was about so the story goes like the, the, I, I like the story because it definitely doesn't tell you what's going on it just shows you what's going on you know and you kind of draw your own conclusions as to why things are happening but you can kind of tell by what the interactions you hear the the guards talking in the background but essentially gordon freeman it's a time out, time out, time out. Can we can we do a quick experiment? Sure. So can Trevor tell what he thinks the story is, and then <laughs> I will continue from where he leaves off, and then you can tell us what actually is the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead. You want to do that, Trevor? Sure. <laughs> okay. So go. Um. So is this the part where, um. Like where he gets knocked out? No, I'm or, saying so. You just talk about the, the everything you play, like what's in, happening in general, in okay. general, and then I will try to piggyback the parts that you did play after, and then Jonas can tell us where we were wrong. <laughs> okay, so from what I gathered playing the game, um, Gordon Freeman is just your everyday average scientist going into another day of work. Um, Greeting everybody seems pretty well liked. Um, but then you find out he's, I don't know, maybe has a little bit more pull because he has the special job of putting on the suit and getting to the machine, but or not machine, but the little the room where they're with the machine in it. Um, something goes wrong. Um, 
a lot of the scientists have barricaded themselves off and are waiting for rescue and they think they're getting ready to be rescued but um i guess the military or whoever is coming in to cover the tracks on what's happened at the facility maybe some area 51 stuff am i in the ballpark (laughs) 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 okay so you're good yeah, you're good. Do you got anything else, Trevor? Um, yeah, the aliens and stuff, like you said, you know, it o- opened up some kind of portal, so you have the aliens kind of um, making their way, um, like when they spawn in um, to different parts of the facility, um, which was something I didn't understand. Like, why is how is it contained? in that facility if they can kind of teleport but and yeah <laughs> okay okay so kind of just reiterating kind of what trevor had said um at least from my perspective yeah it's like gordon freeman definitely has some type of position of authority or power just because people do greet him and say good you know hey freeman or whatever they're waiting for you at this specific area and he's like the guy that is wearing this suit um it's called the hev suit the hazardous environment suit and he's supposed to go into this test chamber that there's a problem in the test chamber and i guess he has to reattach something or reset something up or turn something on and it basically the machine goes haywire i think there's some type of explosion and it creates this like rift or portal and so the kind of the facility is on lockdown and there's these weird alien creatures that are teleporting into the facility that's locked down. And like you can kind of see, I think one of the first rooms that you go to is there's a like a glass chamber that uh, a, a head crab uh, teleports into and... Um, like this, the scientists are like looking at it like, this is fascinating. What is it? You know, like I really want to get a close up look at it and everything. And you later on, you go back to the room and you see the kind of the head crab, I think is on the guy and it's just like tearing him up. And then you're like, basically the, these aliens are like hopping into portals or just being port- teleported into these rooms and attacking the, uh, the uh, scientists and, you basically have to kill these aliens. And then so, like, the, the, the scientists start holding themselves up and the government's supposed to come and save them. And then these soldiers show up and, you like, the very first scene you see, he like, uh, these soldiers show up and, like, the, the, the scientist runs to him and is like, thank God you're here. And then the soldier just unloads on the scientist and kills him. And I guess their objective or their goal is to, like, shut down and um, thwart any attempts to just basically keep everything under wraps. And not let the story or people get out that this thing happened. And I don't necessarily know. I think in my estimation, or I think they're trying to keep this alien. I think they're trying to either get alien weaponry or there is alien weaponry. And they're trying to keep it under wraps that they have this technology or whatever. Um, whereas you as Gordon, I think you're trying to like you're trying to get out the facility and like the at a certain point the soldiers you, you can hear over the radios that they have like 
direct communication that they have to stop you. And like, it's kind of cool because the scientists that are holed up in the facility and the security guards, they're also like somehow communicating with each other and they're helping you along as well. And, um, at some point you, you shoot off a rocket. I don't know why <laughs> you start fighting some dudes outside. Uh, you start fighting some even crazier aliens and like the aliens are fighting the humans. And so it's like, you, you're seeing this conflict go on, but you're also a common enemy with these two. So like, that's kind of interesting. Um, and at some point there's, you have to jump through a portal and the game ends. All right, Jonas, how do we do? <laughs> I think you're pretty good. I think both of you are pretty spot on. So basically what's going on here is that I, I, this, that's cool. I never heard anybody actually like talk about how they think that Gordon Freeman is in a position of power. Because at least the way that I interpreted the story, I thought that he was more of like a beginner in what's going on here. And that's why he has to put on the ACB the suit and like do the dirty work, quote unquote. Um, that's just how I saw it. It's pretty cool that, that the, like two people had totally different um, ideas about the same character, you know. But yeah, he is treated with respect. But also like some people are like, oh, you're late again, man. Like, are you for real? You know. Um, so yeah, this guy gets to his work one day. He has to do this test. I believe that they do this test regularly, right? Because they're like, oh, this is business as usual. Let's just do whatever we do. Like, I think he's supposed to be there. Maybe this is like a weekly meeting inside that room or something. So he's late, right? We don't know why he's late, but there's a thing, like, there's a theory or a thing that you guys saw the G-Man at the start. Did you get, do you guys see the G-Man running around? No. You didn't see that, but you know mm-hmm. who G-Man is, right? Like, I just know he's the bad guy in Half-Life 2. Oh, we don't know if he's a bad guy. That's the thing. He's just oh. a mysterious figure. So, yeah. So all throughout the game, you see this mysterious guy who he's just like an older man with a suit. He looks like um, one of the agents in The Matrix. Um, you know, he looks all serious, like a government agent. Agent Smith. <laughs> agent Smith, right? Um, so at the start of the game, before you even put the suit on, you can actually see him talking on a meeting room with another scientist and like if you keep staring at the uh, if you keep staring at them talking which if you see the sto- if you see their reactions you kind of see like G-Man has is in sort of a position of power and like the scientist kind of has like he's like reluctant to follow whatever this guy's talking about then if you keep staring at them this is a nice little easter egg the scientist looks back at you like oh he, you're you're hearing into our conversation and he like closes the blinds so that's a pretty cool um, you know, uh, thing to like, sort of like set the mood, right? Like, there's some secrecy going on behind the scenes. I think I remember that, but yeah. I didn't know he had any significance. So yeah, if he, you can sort of see him walking around all throughout the game. I don't know if he's in actually in every chapter, but in a lot of chapters, you can see him walking in the background. You see him like on some far off stairs, like he's watching you all throughout the game. You know, but you don't really know why. But you get into the office or the lab that day, and they talk about how they have this new material or some new kind of like thresholds that they want to try. They're doing some last-minute changes to what would be a normal test in this in, in this um this laboratory, which I looked it up and it's called the anti-mass spectrometer. <laughs> so this just basically, basically analyzes materials and, and like, I guess, atoms and stuff. I don't know. 
thing is, they did some last minute changes in this lab, and this anti mass spectrometer is the catalyst for what is uh, sort of like a dimensional rift between our world and this pocket dimension called the Xen, right? Troll forward, not a troll back, troll forward to Half-Life 2. Think of it like a sandwich where our reality is where, you know, Gordon Freeman is hanging out. There's the Xen. And between us and, like, after the Xen, it's, it's, it's the Combine world. So if you guys remember Half-Life 2, the Combine, they kind of, like, enslaved humanity. Or not enslaved, but, you know, they're, like, oppressing humanity. They got to our world because the sin was the jump off to our world, right? Um, so this thing happens, this last minute, last minute changes, you don't really know what's going on. Something goes wrong, you have this hazardous suit, you clearly have military technology or background or something. So it's up to you, Gordon Freeman, to sort of like try to escape. As you try to escape, you realize that the military is trying to kill the story, like you said, and they're killing all the scientists and guards. So you are kind of like in the middle of the military trying to kill slash blow up the facility. The aliens, which now have an access to our reality because of the failed experiment that we did that morning, are now going like like teleporting through dimensions to our dimension fighting this war like they're trying to like invade and like take over our world as well the military is fighting against the scientists the aliens and gordon freeman and you're also fighting against everyone else right the scientists are helping you out and basically you asked about the rocket that rocket i believe was a satellite rocket that you're trying to like signal uh another lab i think it was the lambda another lab that hey this is going on here the story can't actually be killed because once they fired off that, that rocket, they got word out of what's going on. So that's what the rocket was for. After you launch that rocket, that's like the first submission. Like, like now the military can't actually like kill the story, right? So yeah. now you have to get out of here, right? So they tell you that there's a plane or something that's leaving one of the facilities. Once you get to that facility, they're like... Oh, forget about Freeman. Let's just leave. So they leave and they leave you stranded. But you find another group of scientists that are actually trying to, like, kill, like, undo the mess that they made. Now, this is very important. This is not the first time that the Black Mesa facility has contact with the Sen world. If you see sort of closer to the end of the game, you see that they were actually experimenting on a lot of these alien life forms since long before the experiment went bad. So the scientists at the Black Mesa Research Facility somehow found a way to already get to that dimension. And they were pulling um, life form slash technology from the Xen world long before everything happened. And that's the part where you kind of see some, some monsters in some cryogenic um, tubs. I don't know if you remember that part. Oh, yeah. So they're like that. experiments of the scientists that they've been experimenting on these aliens. So the story kind of shows, like, it doesn't outright tell you, but it kind of just shows you that all of this is happening because all th these scientists were meddling with something that they didn't understand or could, couldn't control. But also, 
this is what my theory, and I think a lot of people share this theory, theory is that somehow the G-Man was pulling the strings all along so that this rift in the dimensions happened. And uh, basically, we had access to the Sen, but the Sen didn't have access to us. So it kind of like, they got access to us after that failed experiment, right? So that's what I think the story is about. I think like these scientists were messing with something they didn't understand and the Xen world kind of found a way or something found a way so that everything just went wrong and and you as Gordon Freeman, you have this sense of urgency. That's what I like about this game more than the other games. You have this sense of urgency that something something is effed up, you need to like get out of here, but you also need to like help the people around you find out what's going on and overall just you know be a total scientist badass or something oh and there's another part that they were not only were there were they jumping dimensions and getting these alien life forms and experimenting on them they were also developing teleportation technology so that links into what portal was so mm-hmm. there at the end we see some teleportation orbs whereas portal it's more of um I don't know if you remember this in Half Life Two, but they 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 <laughs> it was cool. They sort of made it made a comparison where if the Black Mesa slash Lambda facilities were making teleportations, as in you taking the actual object and bringing it to someplace else, the portal aperture science technology was more like opening a shower curtain and going through reality, and you go through whatever is made of that portal device and you get to where you want to go. So there were two conflicting uh, technologies with the same purpose. So that's another cool thing that I didn't really um, remember from the first Half-Life that it tied into Portal 1. Okay. Yeah, so overall, yeah, I, I love the game. The game is not... Oh, the, uh, yeah, the scent. I forgot about the scent. Um, so yeah, at the end, you see the scientists... And they're like, hey, I know that you want to escape, but we can actually nip this in the bud and we can, like, kill the, m- the mother brain of all these aliens and we can, like, sort of, like, get, a, th- get this over with and, and let's just do it, right? And, and you as Gordon Freeman, you kind of have no choice. And you jump, the, you jump to the Sand world through this portal where in this Sand world, everything is just crazy. It looks like this weird low gravity alien world looks like something out of a 70s psychedelic trip in a movie or something um so once you're there it not you're, you're like surrounded by way more enemies it's way more um dangerous i guess but you eventually get to the mother brain of things you blow it up then when you blow it up you kind of get kidnapped by the G-Man and you're kind of forced into accepting a contract where you're kind of playing to his rules and you get teleported to the future and that's when Half-Life 2 happens 20 years later. Okay. So, yeah, so for for Gordon Freeman, it was all like Half-Life 2. Everything happened then just snap like that. He wakes up in Half-Life 2 20 years later. See, I was thinking when you go into the teleporter, that's when Half-Life 2 started. I didn't know there was a section in between. So that's yeah. why I was thinking it was full circle. Because I was like, oh, obviously you jump through this portal and then you start the Half-Life 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's cool. <clears throat> sort of like, 
you don't really you don't really miss anything with the scent because you already get the gist of what happened on the first one. But oh yeah, and then there's a really cool part in the original game where after you kill the mother brain, you're kind of like surrounded by a bunch of the beefy alien guys. Like they look like like Toro from Mortal Kombat, you know, which <laughs> you know. So you get surrounded by them, and then. Uh, Gordon Freeman saves you, and then that's what happens. Great game, I love it. Uh, so be honest, guys. From a one to ten, what do you guys give it? <laughs> well, we gotta talk about the game first. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. He said, "I'm the guest. I'm running the show." What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. I, do I get have, excited. I do have one story-related question that may not have been explained in the game. Yeah, you can go ahead and ask. Where does Gordon Freeman get his training from? I don't know. <laughs> See, so so I, I don't know that, but like I so me and you thought he was a like a higher up, but hearing Jonas talk about it, it does make more sense that they were like chastising him saying he was late and the fact that he's the person that like I mean, if you're a scientist and you're like not necessarily expendable, you wouldn't be the person to put yourself on the line in the line of fire as far as wearing the suit to do some dangerous job. So he may be like a soldier, more like, I don't want to say soldier, but not necessarily like some type of scientist. You know what I'm saying? Well, he is a scientist, though. He um, He's an intern. (laughs) Yeah, I think he's like, so (laughs) check it out. I I, I googled um, his wiki and he's a research associate. So that doesn't that's not a senior associate. That's not even a junior associate. You know? Just a research associate scientist. So I think he's like you know, sort of like a starting like an intern, right? That's he does have a PhD. Mm-hmm. He is a graduate of MIT, earned a PhD in theoretical physics. So there you go. He he just was really interested in guns and in college. <laughs> no, no. Im- the way I imagine it is that maybe he had some military training before he's twenty seven. Maybe he went to like I don't know basic training or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it does. It does. Yeah, I I don't know. I, it, that's just my impression. He did sort of seem very comfortable around guns. So, yeah. All right. So you you, get, you ready to talk about the game, you guys? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. So you start the game off and, you know, you're walking around and everything. And, like, this game had a super, super duper slow beginning. And, like, I was like, I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. Because you're riding, like, the tram and it's just giving you, I don't even want to say story beats. But it's like you're, you're getting to see the entire facility, which is really cool. But the credit, you're, like, seeing credits and, like, hearing this stuff going on. And it's just like, wow, this is going to be, like... You're you're really going underground. If that, that gave me a sense of like, wow, you're really cut off from the rest of the world. It was really deliberate the way they introduce you to this facility. Definitely, kind of like Area like, Fifty One, right? Like it's just exactly. like a mystery, like but from the inside. Hmm. And so I thought that was really cool because I had no idea like what to expect, but I knew we were going to be in some like. It was going to be corridors and, like, a f- facilities. There was going to be a lot of computer consoles and, like, just a lot of that kind of stuff going on. And then, you like, you start off and, like, you're, you know, walking around. You're meeting people. You have to meet Like, you have to run to people. And the first thing that struck me 
was there's no objectives. There's no, like, you just need to know where you need to go. Or like, I shouldn't say know where you need to go, but you just kind of have to just walk around until you get to where you need to do. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't outright tell you you don't get like a pointer in a map that you don't get an objective here. you can't like yeah. pause it and see like okay what because like I was what, just where thinking, am i going yeah exactly like not even just that but just like if i was to play this game and then maybe not come back to it for like a week and then just be like okay where did i leave off oh man that happened to me in my first playthrough oh my god <laughs> uh, you know you know the part with the spy they're not spies but the, you know, the, the assassins the assassins with the guns, right? Mm-hmm. So when I first got them, which, by the way, they changed that part from the first one, and I would know because I remember that because I got stuck on that part. Um, uh, that part, uh, it's not only is it changed, right, but overall, um, it's just the, the, the whole thing, the whole shebang of what's going on, you kind of have to get some context from speaking with the guards and with the scientists now you don't actually have to talk to them and you can pretty much miss a lot of these people and you can like skip quote-unquote like context of what's going on because you can definitely just rush through the game not rush through the game but um but it's very linear in 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 the way the 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 maps are laid out because since they don't actually tell you what to do, sometimes you don't have a choice but to just go forward and see what you find, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I get, I get you on that. Um, and then this game did a way better job explaining than the first one, believe it or not. Really? <laughs> near, near the end of it, you know, near the end of it, where you kind of have to fill up some tanks to get to the core. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that part, I actually understood that part way, way, way better than in the first game. I don't know why. But it was just like visually, it just clicked, and a lot of stuff also clicked be- because I played the game before. But I do remember that the first time I played it, I was often very lost. So I got, I, I agree with you on that. Okay, yeah, like it, it, it just was very different. It, it definitely, I, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but it no, definitely no, no. made the game feel a little bit more like, like oh, I'm playing an older game, even though this mm-hmm. is a remake or whatever it's, it didn't feel like a modern game because it wasn't like there's like I'm not even asking for a map or like a waypoint or any like navigation but just like not even knowing like what I'm is my objective, objective. exactly yeah. like that was very jarring um, and you can miss it because a lot of the objectives are in the dialogue and in mm-hmm, the banter between mm-hmm. the scientists so so the first objective is to launch the rocket right to launch the rocket slash get on the plane to get out of here. But you don't actually ever read that. You just overhear a scientist talk about, we need to launch this rocket. Mm-hmm. Can you help us out? But that's it, right? That's it. So unless you actually, like, um, just you just got to, like, read everything, hear everything. It's really easy to, like, get lost, like, in a literal sense, get lost in the map. That's what happened to me a bunch of times. It definitely happened to me in the beginning of the game, but like it kind of like I know you didn't play this game, but it I don't know if it, you felt this way, Trevor, but it kind of like reminded me of when we had just played um, uh, Forgotten Anne mm-hmm. with some of those puzzles where like you would be talking to a character, the character like the, the train puzzle in particular, 
where it's like he tells you how to solve it, but you're just talking to him and it's a cutscene and he yeah. tells you how to do it. And then if you weren't paying attention to what was going on, then you would miss it. And then you're just like, oh, what do I have to do? And then like you can't go back and read read anything or anything. You just got to play around until you figure it out. And that's kind of how I felt with this game as well. I I was very I was very annoyed at just at the fact that the the AI was all over the place. I I don't know about you guys, but I I just it, it did feel a little bit off compared to an action. That's when I realized that it was a fan game. The <laughs> AI would like they would act like I don't even know. I don't even know. They would like get on a wall like they would think they're they're in cover but they're like in plain sight i don't know if that happened with you guys um the guys that follow you around would get like just stuck in a in like a box or something and, and they can't escape so i was a little bit annoyed about that i don't know what, what do you guys think it does feel like an older game but mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing because another reason why i chose this game is that i've been itching to play like a single player FPS campaign for a while, and I I, I kind of want to like I was I've been thinking about Halo for a yeah. long time, and this game kind of reminds me of Halo. I don't know if this is heresy or not, but what do you guys think? I, I kind of gives me the same vibe in that campaign side of things. Heresy. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Answer the 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 first part, Trevor. Uh, did did you feel? What did you feel about the? Just the enemy. That what you're talking about the teammates, or you're talking about the both. Both. Yeah. What do you think about the AI? Um, in the beginning, it was a little annoying because, just like the intro, the game kind of started off slow, and the enemies that it gave you were really kind of predictable, and it was monotonous, like kind of killing enemies and, and going through the levels because um, there wasn't really a challenge with them with the uh, like the initial enemies the ones that like the parasites that latch on to the host the crabs yeah, yeah and the host. zombies yeah basically humans that had a head crab attached to them so now they their head is replaced with a head crab head and they're basically zombies like secto if you will <laughs> um, but you said so. Just the AI is what you're. Yeah, teammates and the um, other one, the enemies. I didn't get a like really strong impression of the AI um, from teammates. Um, you just don't remember, or not that? Not really. There, there was a couple of sections where they would you would follow you around. Yeah. yeah, they would follow you like like Gordon. Like I want to do this thing, but I, you know, I, I'm, I feel I'm safer. Yeah, yeah, I feel safer with another person with me. <laughs> and then they'll follow you around, and you basically like could potentially have them with you for a specific section, but they can die. So, oh, um, maybe that's why I don't remember them. <laughs> that's what I was oh, gonna say. You could, you, I think you can even kill them, which is sad. I accidentally <laughs> killed a scientist. He, wow. he was like in the middle of a sentence. I'm pretty sure I missed something. He's like, I'm so scared of guns. I'm not leaving here. And then I was like, I clicked, but I wasn't clicking to kill him. I was clicking to like choose another gun. But my crank gun just 
kill, like, just killed him. Um, <laughs> and this is my confession on there. No, nah, no, nah, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm not. When I said that this was the best Half-Life game, I, even, I I mean it in the sense that you got the best of both worlds. You got the graphics and engine of Half-Life Two, and you got the setting and I guess the weapon slash combat of Half-Life 1, which is what I really liked. I liked the whole dynamic between the military, the aliens, and you. But the game definitely does have... I found a bunch of like just weird graphical glitches, especially with with screens. I don't know if it was just me, but that's when I got, remem- like, I got reminded a couple times, like, oh, oh, this is not actually a Valve game. This is actually a, a fan game. <laughs> um, I would see like a random alien in a in a rock, and he's stuck there. Like he cl- no clip there, and he's like, Ugh, you know. And I would see like there's this one part with a missile that you have to fire the missile to basically like turn over a uh, uh, a satellite or something like like a tower or something. And that part was super glitchy for me because the screen kept showing a bunch of artifacts in the middle of everything, and I couldn't actually see where I was firing. So, yeah. I don't know if I ran into anything like that. Um, the thing I was going to say, at least in regards to the AI, I did feel like the AI, the teammates were just kind of... They were non-existent. Like, they really didn't help out. Not at all. My, they, would die is, they would die really easily, mm-hmm. right? My biggest complaint was the enemies you fought. Like, depending on the enemy, they had the longest line of sight and oh, like dude. shooting around <laughs> corner, like the the I don't know what the um, what were the aliens with the one eye called? The Vortigaunts. The Vortigaunts could like just snipers. They were just snipers and like oh, you know, in this game, I hated the 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 ones that shoot like acid, like just like the the um, bulwarks or uh, what are they called? Bull something. Oh man, whatever they are, not only were they when they first appear, I don't think you actually have the shotgun. Nope. <laughs> so you either have the little gun or the revolver. The Glock which, and the revolver. Yeah, and then the 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 Glock is bad. It's a bad weapon. I don't know about you guys, but it just does so little damage. It it. It was good when you were fighting the head crabs and the yeah. zombies, but after you after you see the first Vortigaunt, it's wor- not worthless, but it's just like why would I want to use this gun besides like conserving ammo? And like I, you know, like in the beginning yeah. of the game, you run around with the crowbar till you get a gun. Then that's like my primary weapon is the gun. And then the moment I had like at the end of the game, it was like I, you know, in the middle of the game, I was running around with the. Uh, the MP5 or the machine gun, yeah. But the moment like you get to the end game, I'm like shotgun or I- I'm like mandatory. You have to run around with the shotgun. Yeah, the shotgun <laughs> is probably the best weapon in this game, I think. But the I forgot about the weapon that 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 like the the alien weapon, the homing you, one. The homing one is did actually you, pretty broken. Did you get did you get the homing weapon, Trevor? I don't remember using that one. Okay, so then you didn't get the... Okay, I'm, I'm trying to think what was the last gun. Did you... You got the... Um, you got the spinning thing that, that you kind of like blast off with energy? 
Yes. I don't think you actually. Oh, you there's actually two. Ener- there's two energy guns. He he probably got the first one, not the second. Exactly. One. Yeah. The f- the laser gun. I- you got the laser yeah. gun, right, Trevor? Yeah, I was trying that- to remember because that one was more like a. I didn't really like it because I guess it was more like a sniper rifle. Yeah. Um, but I kind of stuck with the shotgun even after getting it. Yeah, that's kind of what I did too. I don't I'm, think I don't think that gun was good at all. I don't think it's good either. Um, my favorite gun or weapon was the crossbow, but you just don't have enough ammo with it because oh, those dude. things take out people. I, <laughs> I, I I use I only use those for the assassins because you know I don't want to. They they move too fast for me to waste time trying to hit them with many bullets. I just gonna like one and dumb them. Yeah. And then- so what the what the so the thing I liked about it, and this is another complaint, kind of going with what I said, is the enemies had such a big range, like line of sight, and I didn't feel like you had any gun to combat them at the ranges that they could see you at, yeah. minus the crossbow because it had a scope, and that's why I used the crossbow so much. Is like I think the enemies. The AI was ultimately bad because they stood still a lot, so it was easy to hit them with the crossbow because they weren't moving. But they, it was bad fighting them because the range that they could start seeing you and shooting at you was way further than I feel like would have been possible. And there was also instances like there's one section in particular where you're coming up out of the sewers and you're climbing up these ladders, and there's like two different routes you can go. And no matter what, if you crawl up either ladder, I know this because I died a bunch. They, there's three enemies that have their back to you. As soon as you get up, they turn around and start shooting at you. And there's a tank that's shooting at you, too. And it's like, Jesus, like, yeah. I didn't make a sound. Like, <laughs> like how can you guys already they know knew. I'm here? <laughs> yeah. And the opposite of that, there's this, another part that's also outside where... Um, I'm like standing behind them, like almost like, like two, like two people apart, and they don't hear me or know that I'm there. Jeez. But that was just with the humans. I think that if we're complaining about the human AI being bad and the guards, I think the aliens were too smart, man. You know, like the the little faceless dogs would find me anywhere. Yes. <laughs> They would find me anywhere. Started, man. Uh, what are those things called? Uh, t- uh, shoot, I can't uh, remember the enemy's names. I'm gonna pull it up. Uh, I, I don't remember those. I know they were like like it's, sound dogs or something. It started with a T, <laughs> I think. Uh, they were really hound eyes. It's hound eyes. Hound eyes. Hound eyes. <laughs> the, the the good thing about them, I you can one shot them with the shotgun. Yeah, or with the magnum too. Or with the magnum, or with the magnum, and. I think the Magnum was probably the weapon that I used the most because I was trying to, like, practice getting headshots on a lot of these characters. Sorry, uh, enemies, right? And you can you can headshot the Vortigons and stuff like that. And you were saying that for the really long, um, long-range enemies, you use the crossbow, the, the, the revolver. Sorry, I didn't mean the shotgun. I meant the revolver. The revolver is really good. Yeah, it's good. it's good. Yeah. So that's what I mostly use because usually they would kill most people in two or three shots. Um, I found myself without ammo with that gun. That's why I had. That's why I ran around with the shotgun because the, I yeah. felt like the shotgun. You always you, you never were like low on ammo with the shotgun. Yeah. And also like near the end. 
I was going to say the yeah, other ahead. thing. I, when I tried to use the assault rifle later on in the game, it was like it shared ammo with the pistol. So, like, if you were... Like, there was one section when I, I, I used the pistol to shoot out all those little uh, ceiling aliens. Yeah. And so I'd always take those dudes out, and then, like, I would take out, like, eight or nine, and then I'd look. It takes five shots to kill one, and then I'd go to my assault rifle, and I'm like, I have, like, 50-something bullets left. I'm like, damn, like, where'd all my ammo go? Oh, wow. So the revolver, the the Glock shares ammo with the machine gun. gun, I did not realize that. That's crazy. (laughs) I never used the Glock. That's the thing. I use the machine gun so much. Oh, no, because I always use the Glock to take out those little ceiling aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. I don't think, I don't think, in very few games would I like my handgun ammo to also be my machine gun ammo. Well, if that's no. the case, <laughs> we played another, we played another uh, uh, Vanquish. Vanquish is also like that. Oh, first. dude, I, I, I played Vanquish on PS3 way back when. <laughs> Yeah. That's another one where they share ammo. Certain weapons share ammo, so <laughs> you have to choose one or the other because you can't use both. I um I I mostly use the machine gun, but nearing the end, I found it so useful to use the bombs. I used every bomb. I used the grenades. I used the mimes. I used the C4s. Yeah. All of them were good in their own regard. I don't think I've ever used so many like trap like weapons as much as I did for this game. The um when you did you get to the assassins, Trevor? Did you fight the assassins? Uh, no, I actually that was. You should have fought one, like yeah, there was yeah. A like right after, right after you, you, you wake up. Yeah, I think you go up an elevator, and then there's a guy like Gordon. Good thing you're here, and then he yeah. gets like assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> like so against those, like I was stuck at that part for like two days because I had like twenty something health. When I started that section up, oh, dude, and it's just like if you're out in the open, you automatically get bodied. So <laughs> what I ended up doing was throwing trip mines out, and I just kind of hid in a corner, <laughs> and then <laughs> and also just... you, you use the trip mines against the assassins. Yeah, yeah. So that's... Oh, that's that's that's. That's impressive because That's I, I never, I never thought about it. I never thought about it. Yes. I was so frustrated with them. I remember, I remember when I told you that I got stuck on a part for a while, and then I yeah, 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 it was that part with the assassin. The first one, the first one, yeah. Because the first one, there's only three. I think there's three assassins or four. That w- the- I, I, I think they kill you faster on the first one. I'm pretty sure. Well, the second one, there's more. There's like six assassins. The second time you fight them. But that yeah. part I felt like was easier because there was more hiding spots. Like it was more, um, it was like a, a labyrinth. And so yeah. like, I just ran around and put trick mines and I backed myself up into the uh, elevator thing and had my gun out in case somebody ran up on me. And then I just... <laughs> See, that's what, a good, that's what a good player would do. What I did, <laughs> what I, did I had a I hundred health. So I just stood in the middle of everything. <laughs> Waiting for them to come at me, and then I would shoot them with a the crossbow and absorb the damage. I, I like, <laughs> I, I was like, I, can, yeah, yeah, I cannot. But I, I definitely remember that specific part being way harder on the first game. Maybe I'm just bad, but it, they, I think they killed me faster on the first game. And this game is so annoying when it auto saves with little health. I oh my that, god! Man. At one point. <laughs> At one point, I had three health, and I was stuck in, um, it was that one, 
uh, how do I say this? The air vent or something. So I'm in the uh, I'm crawling in the in the um, air vent like Metal Gear style, and they have these little roaches that they're so fast. And oh, like, the in the in the, the, the later end of the game, those yeah. super fast ones. Oh my god! I know exactly I had, what part you're talking about. <laughs> I must have died like at least twenty times. I died Trying. a bunch there too because I tried to use the crowbar on them to not use ammo, <laughs> but there's so many of them that every time you get hit, they're you too lose fast. Like four four damage. Yeah, they're too fast. They they do more. I think they do more damage than the head crab, right? Yeah, they do. Like why? Can I tell you something? <laughs> like so, like how did you guys play? Did you guys play keyboard and mouse or controller? Keyboard and mouse. Keyboard and mouse. So I played controller. Oh wow! And so I was running in the difficulty. This was another one of my complaints is I felt it was very, very difficult to aim in this game. And I know it's because I was using a controller, so I'm not, like, trying to hold it against the game. But, like, the shooting and just, like, I, I wasn't as precise as I wanted to be. And I got, like, I'm not even, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say, but the, the section when you're going down the elevator and those head crabs are coming down, it's, like, very early in the game. I died at least a dozen times there. Because I could not, for the life of me, hit the head crabs with the crowbar. And, like, I don't know if I was just... Like, obviously, I was mistiming the swing. But, like, also just the... What... Like, how high I needed to be looking in order to make sure the swing hit them. And that was, like, a consistent thing throughout my playthrough where if I... I would miss swings with the crowbar. I would miss rocket launcher shots on tanks. I would always, like oftentimes shoot over the, the tank instead of at the tank. Um, and, like, I just... I did not feel like the shooting... And it might be just because I played with the controller, but I did not feel, like, super competent in the combat in this game. I liked the weapons, but I just didn't feel like they were in capable hands at any point. So, so, so you were missing with the rocket launcher, you said? I was shooting over my targets with the rocket launcher. Oh, but did you, did you use the laser homing? So I, I found out about that later and that definitely helped, but there was a couple of times where like I would use the, um, I would turn the laser thing off because I just wanted to shoot quickly at something ahead of me and get quickly behind cover. Because I, I think with the laser thing, you have to, like, stay... Yeah, you have to actually, like, look at it. Yeah, so, like, with the tanks, there were certain times where you were so close that they would you would get hit by the machine they gun will fire. They would instantly fire. That's crazy. That's the mm -hmm. fastest machine gun ever. Yeah. They would, yep. they would oh, know yeah, where you were, and they would just fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, like, I, the I, part I, I was really stuck at was that little... That part I was talking about with the sewers, where the, you, you would climb up the ladder, and there was, like three guys with their back to you, they would instantly see you and the tank would instantly see you. And then yeah. it's like, I had to take out these three guys while the tank was shooting at me. So I would have to find a corner and then I would keep on having to peek around the corner and shoot a rocket, but I couldn't do the laser thing because I didn't want to stay out and get hit. Yeah. So I would, I turned the laser side off and I'm like, I'm standing like maybe 20, 30 feet from the tank and, and I'm shooting over it for whatever reason. And it also happened, too, when it was further distance. Like, I think there was a section where you were fighting those, the alien, I, I, I can remember it, but you may not remember. It's like those aliens that have the homing weapons, there's like four of them standing on a road and you're outside and they get bombed by this helicopter or airplane that's flying overhead. 
and then you keep walking forward, and then this tank comes from outside of this tunnel and starts shooting at you. Yeah. And I... That's probably my favorite part. That's I shot point, over right? that tank so many times. <laughs> that, that, that's the part that's outside, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that's my favorite part. Like, once you get out of the lab, and you get outside, and you nah. cross the dam, I love that part. Nah. <laughs> See, because I was thinking maybe, and I'm not trying to attack crap at controllers or anything, but... For a lot of FPS, they have, like, the aim assist, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think this game actually has any of I don't that. think so either. I don't think so either. I think that they... This being, like, a remake of Half-Life 1, they went, like, full remake. Like, it, it, it also has the bad side of earlier games, you know? Yeah, there definitely... Um, I don't think there was any controller support initially, or I, mm-hmm. at least I'm not aware of. But um, I ended up having to find because it like it was very frustrating because I did feel like when, you know when you play a Half Life game, what is it the one through the the, the keypad or the number pad is the um, the WASD? No, the the numbers one two three four. That's how you oh, choose yeah, yeah. your weapons. Yeah, and you could like use one through nine, right? Mm, like one to five or six. Oh, okay. Because like for me, I had to like you had to cycle through the weapons. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so like to like to use the um that last laser gun or whatever you had uh-huh. to go like right on your D pad like three times or four times. <laughs> so so this this is the first time in probably any game that I started using that switch method with the numpad. I will also I will only use the the wheel scroll on my mouse. Oh really? But this is the first time that I was just like. Uh, I'm, I'm. I currently have the revolver. I need to get to the that one that you were mentioned, the laser one. Yeah. That means that I will have to like almost like scroll an entire like Twitter feed worth of wheel movements. Yeah. Let me just press the four three times, and I'm good, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine how hard that must be on a controller. It was just really wonky to switch weapons in the middle of combat. So a lot yeah. of times I found myself like using the weapon that I had unless like until I got behind cover or something. I think this game would benefit from having a Metal Gear style like pause on time f- while you're switching weapons, you know? Yeah. Because that, yeah, yeah, definitely. In the in the heat of the moment, you can't think about what you want. The end of the game, the end of the game when you those dudes are coming in on you and I'm just cycling through my heavy weapons and I accidentally miss the one I'm trying to get to. <laughs> oh. So I'm just still running around sw- swapping weapons and it's just like ah! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I, yeah. I, I but overall um I I I think that like this game has the cooler weapons other than the second one, because I think that the second Half-Life game, they were Come trying on to... now. Come on now. What do you mean? You already know what the best weapon in this series is. The gravity gun? Yes. That's the thing. They pushed the gravity gun so much on the second one, where a lot of the puzzles and everything that you did was centered around the gravity gun. Whereas this game, kind of like, it just like throws whatever at you. There's no, There's no one gun that sticks out from the rest of them on a like deeper scale but on the first on the second game i mostly just use gravity i would shoot people with barrels all the time exactly (laughs) so that's cool don't get me wrong that's cool i love it um 
but this 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 does feel more like like a Halo style. Yeah, game, it does. I, which is yeah. <laughs> Low key, I was sat and like not knowing. I was like, "Yo, when are we getting the gravity gun?" That's like <laughs> that's what I was thinking the whole time, not realizing that uh, the gravity gun's unique to Half Life Two. I was gonna say, yeah. I just realized I, there was a glitch that I had to deal with that I uh, the freaking um, flashlight. That I had to, <laughs> or lack of flashlight. So what I, happened? I played the first six hours of this game without a flashlight. Oh my god! It was the like literally there'd be like when you're in the um, the uh, office complex. Yeah, but when you're in the uh, what do you call it, the air ducts, the vents? <laughs> yeah. um, you my my screen was completely black, like it was turned off. Oh my god! Because there was like I couldn't see anything, and it, it's a bug that they have in this game. And my, the fix that I had to do was I had to go into the command prompt on the menu screen of the of Steam yeah. and type in this, these two lines of code, and then it would make the the, the flashlight work. And um, <laughs> so I definitely like I'm not a computer savvy individual, and I definitely had to like Google it. it. Yes, I definitely I was like I had no idea what was going on, and um, it was crazy because like. The game told you, you know, like, oh, you need to hit F or whatever to activate your flashlight. So I, like, the, on my controller. And then setup, you look at your pad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So on my controller, trying to find setup, F. It was the, uh, it was triangle, and so I was smashing it, and nothing was happening. So I went to my keyboard, I was hitting F, and nothing was happening. But I could hear the click sound effect. So I'm like. Oh, like I can so, hear it. So you actually knew about it. You just couldn't, like, it wasn't working on your game. Yes, it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> oh, damn, that sucks. Oh, yeah. So like, there was a part that I was stuck at where, I, like, it was the part where you had to go through. It was pretty early. Well, it was like um, the there was a pool of water, and then there was this electric cord hanging over it, and you had to like jump into the, the air duct and up to get around it or something like that. And like all the air ducts before, they were all completely black, but they were short enough that like I just had to do one turn and then I would just go towards the light. But yeah. in this air duct, there was a lot of turns and I couldn't see anything. So like I moved around in the air duct in the black air duct for like 20 minutes and I just couldn't figure out how to get out. I couldn't figure out if I was making any progress and the only thing I would do is have my crowbar out and swinging. And if I knew, if I heard it hitting metal, I knew I was staring at a wall. <laughs> 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 but like, I couldn't tell if I was going in circle or anything or just like backtracking. So then I ended up having to like figure out, because I was going to try to play this game without a flashlight, because I was like, I don't know how to fix a computer like issue or a game issue but then it was like telling you about drivers and making sure this setting on your and i was like i have no idea how to do any of that <laughs> and i ended up figuring out or finding a, a thing that told me how to fix it and then i did it and then i was good after that but yeah for the first about six hours like and i think maybe that's why i was so frustrated with the game in the beginning was because I didn't feel like I was making that much progress, and part of it because the game was so dark for me, and I just couldn't tell what was going on. Uh, I kind of, I can't, I can't imagine what it must have been like to go through Office Complex, with, <laughs> because the game kind of like that that specific part of the game where you mostly just fight the head crab scientists, mm-hmm. and you only have the one gun. That, that I don't know about you guys, but it does gave it, it gave me more of like a uh, I guess like a survival game yeah. more than just yeah. an action game. 
um, and the flashlight is what kind of like helps you get through everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like the one of the things that I I really and I don't know if this is specific to I'm assuming it's it's a Half Life thing and not a Black Mesa thing, and it's just as a proxy because this game is a remake or or whatever that it also deals with it. But there are so many instances of this game that remind me of other Valve games. The the whole like weapon, like the way you select your weapons, and like the flashlight, and just like running through these dark corridors that are super cramped, really, really reminded me of Left for Dead. The whole situation um, uh, when you're in the sewer, like the the, the poop water, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that whole section, that like reminds me of like being in the back channels of. Uh, like Aperture Science and Portal 2 specifically. Yeah. When you're just like behind the scenes, there's no combat, there's no action going on, but there's a lot of puzzling and platforming going on. Yeah. And then there was a couple of sections where like at the end of the game when you're outside and you're like going through a window and dropping, like you're on top of a building and you have to jump onto like the AC unit on the side of a building and then another AC unit to drop down to the ground also reminded me of sections of Left 4 Dead as well when you're getting out of buildings and like there's just so many moments where i was like wow like this game really did like bring about all these other things that i and it was just crazy to like have like that happen and that's why yeah that's why i wanted to play this game again because it it's like a staple dude yeah the century the century guns like the way those were reminding me of the century guns and aperture science and portal you know portal yeah the the teleporting section that whole puzzle reminded me the way you die just like just it there was so much in this game where i was like wow this game really did birth this entire like develop for, like this it, entire like I don't even know like library it's like a games. snapshot it's like an era of PC gaming that kind of got lost because Valve is not doing games anymore it's just like this this like formula like you said like it just reminds you of a bunch of other Valve games because they all like just the physics of it all jumping on boxes you know like, it has that Valve feel like you're running really fast with a gun like on like roll like I'm like we always said for half or for Left 4 Dead, it was like I feel like I'm ice skating with a gun in my hand because of like how fast you move and how yeah. quickly you cover ground. Yeah, I I I hundred percent get that, <laughs> and I felt super like nostalgic for a second there because it just took me back to when I actually got the orange box, like that 2008 2007 PC gaming era, mm-hmm. which for me that's when I first got my gaming PC for the first time um, like right in the middle of high school I got the orange box I, I, I actually had a decent PC and I just that's when I started like I got into Steam and all these these, these games and like playing this fan made um, version of what like started it all it does feel like it's it could be a part of the orange box you know definitely, like it's, it, definitely. it's like signature good just it's not even I, I don't know. Did you guys find the game hard? Because it's not that hard. It's it's annoying, but it's not hard. You know, hard would be like, like I don't know, like Demon Souls or Dead Souls or something. It wasn't hard for for me that much. There were some parts that you were just like, you have like 
less than ideal circumstances, and that's when you die. <laughs> when you the know? game saves you with low low life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you think, Trevor? Like, were there any parts that kind of tripped you up or you were stuck at or things that you just didn't really care for, sections of the game? Um, only instances where I didn't know what I was doing, and it was kind of like a life or death situation like the first time you're um playing with the water valves and you have to turn the water on and then you have to get to the ladder before the water um before you drown basically yeah yeah and um and i'm thinking okay i need to swim somewhere but i really needed to go up to the ladder um that you can reach once the water gets high enough Uh and so i'm swimming around Thinking, looking for something thinking they've set these um those enemies the ones with the the long tails hanging down that that catch you the ceiling ones i'm thinking they put those as obstacles for you to run into once you're swimming because they're easy to avoid when you're on foot but when you're swimming they're a little bit harder um so i'm thinking that was the objective there because that's it was a little bit more challenging that way but i really didn't have to do all that all I had to do was go for the ladder. It, there were just situations like that that were um, where I mostly died at. Um, as far as the combat, um, it wasn't the easiest game, but it definitely wasn't the hardest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know for me, yeah. um, the combat was difficult when like the, the assassins... That was oh, tricky. Horrible. Yeah, that's what And then like. another part that I didn't really care for was the um there was two parts. There was one that silo the the little tentacle monster. Oh, dude, I was about to tell you about that part. Cuz that's like my least favorite part. Just because of like I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, but also this monster is just bodying me when I, you know, am out here. And then when you have to fight the helicopter on the dam, I didn't really like that part either. Oh, that... You mean... Wait, hold on. When you're trying to go across that long bridge and you get the laser gun and you're... You fought the helicopter? Yeah. You you beat the helicopter? Yeah. Wow, you're like... You're like evil right now. Like, (laughs) I could not... I could not deal with that part. Did you just run? You... you, So... uh, All right. You just have to open the sewer and you just go through the sewer. I didn't bother. I died at least like 10 times at that part as well. Like the helicopter would just body me. You killed it with the energy gun, right? Yeah, the energy gun. Because this was before you know. had the rocket launcher. How did you do that with your pad on on such... I, I don't know, man. I just practiced, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. There was times when I felt like I hit it and it didn't take any damage, but there was times where I like I was like, yeah, like I, I got him, and like I, it took me a couple of tries, but I ended up killing it. And then it was a lot easier with the rocket launcher, obviously, because you could do the laser yeah. sight. But yeah, I, I the it took me a couple of tries with the laser gun, but I was able to kill it. Nah, I just I just flicked the switch and threw myself in the water. I didn't even bother to kill the fish. I was like, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't want to deal with. Cause this. I didn't, I didn't know what I I, I didn't know like because I, I tried to run down the because I didn't know you had to get in the water. 
So I just tried to run down the bridge, but there was enemies there, and the helicopter was still shooting at me. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to have to kill this helicopter, and then I can deal with the dudes yeah. on the bridge. So I kind of hid out in that building and, like, stayed in oh, there. Oh, so and- that's my – see, that's a, that's a mark of a good player. <laughs> I, you know what I did? I made a run for it. It jumped I in the water sh- like a scrub. <laughs> no, I, I all I did, like, the two guards that are behind the, the sand barricade, Mm-hmm. I just threw a grenade, like the machine gun grenade that you use, the the right click one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just, they, I they just blew up. I ran. The bridge fell. I got on. I pushed the button and I left. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, man, that 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 helicopter was so hard. I'm impressed that you were able to do that on a controller. Yeah. For me, the worst part of the game is the blast pit. The tentacle monster. I cannot deal with the tentacle monster. It's hard. It, that part of the game is a concentration of everything that's bad. Not only was the tentacle monster glitchy, I, I felt like he was glitchy. Like I couldn't tell his patterns. Like I, he was something like like would like hit twice, and then. I was like, okay, now th- this is my time. Then he would hit again in the middle of me running. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, for sure, I I was able to go there. And then sometimes it would, it would either like, like hurt me for fifty health. Sometimes for just five health. I still don't. Oh, know. It wasn't consistent either. Yeah, yeah. And then that part also has a problem where the guard that tells you, hey, we gotta kill this tentacle monster, he doesn't actually tell you that you have to activate the fuel I guess whatever and then you have to go to the other part to do that other thing to then go up and press the button to set it on fire mm-hmm. so all that thing that was all Gordon Freeman there you know that see, if you were able to do that by yourself on a pad I'm still like I still can't get over you beating this game on a pad okay <laughs> that's a pad monster that's a pad monster yeah a pad warrior okay <laughs> So that's my least favorite part of the game. The blast pit is my least favorite part. Right. I don't know about you guys. Would you? What, did you have anything else, Trevor? I know we kind of cut you off. Oh no, you're good. Um, as far as difficulty, that's really the only thing I can remember. Like as far as the enemies, they weren't really that what, bad. What What was your least favorite like chapter? Oh, I don't know. Chapters, uh, yeah, I was gonna like, ask you how do you divide this game into chapters. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Like, there's definitely chapters because there's like when the the um, what's it called comes up, the the name of the they they name them, but it's, they name the yeah oh. they name the chapters and then it changes setting. Yeah, like you start in the lab and then the lab breaks up and then the office, then the warehouse where you fight the army and then you get to the blast pit. You know, it was probably and- the first chapter just because of how slow it was. Um. Because once I did get to that, um, you know, the big twist in the game where, you know, those guys knock you out, um, yeah. that was when I started getting really into the story. Other than that, yeah. it was a little a little slow, like all the NPCs sounded the same. <laughs> so <laughs> I was ready for something to happen, like with the story, to kind of get it going. Um, but... And, and believe it or not, it was worse on the first game. Because in this game, they actually made an attempt to bring some characters from 2 to the beginning of the game. And like they tried to use different models and like yeah. dialogue <laughs> options. But it was way worse on the first mm. Half-Life game. Um, so imagine that. And I still don't think they would do... They did a good job 
overall compared to the second one. Um, because the second game, you actually like get grow attached to the NPCs and the other friends that you meet along the way. But in this one, you don't re- you that you only really care about yourself, you know. <laughs> I think probably my least favorite chapter is probably the same one you were just talking about the um, the little silo monster. I didn't really care for that dude. Yeah, I I, I, I hated that part. My favorite part is the part before that. Um, the, it's named We Got Hostiles, so that's when you first. Fight the soldiers, right? When you first fight the military. And I love the music. I don't know. My settings were super high for the music. Sometimes the music was uncomfortably loud. But the music in, in this game, I, yeah. I was all over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were actually listening. I was listening to some of the music. It's like normally normally when I play a game, I'm taking notes. And I'll, what I'll do is I'll do like an asterisk at a... Uh, like I'm playing the game and then it's like oh this thing happened and this music is going and I like this music so I just do an asterisk and just describe what's going on and I literally have one two three four five six six seven different sections where I did an asterisk and wrote like I really like this song so like normally that's how I gauge if a game or this is for me anyways that's how I gauge if a game has good music is how many of these asterisks I put down and, and not to say that like it's the only thing but like sometimes I don't even, I'm not even aware there's music in the game because it's so yeah. subtle and it definitely like it hits in this game and it's good <laughs> yeah I, at this game um I like that it it, it 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 does have like that urgent you're a badass feel you know like yes. when you when the music cues up you know shit is about to go down that I, there's a specific part that that I loved in this game. Like it made me like, it made me like, uh, oh my god! I, I would have made an asterisk for that part as well. Which is when you're in the lobby of one of the facilities, and in this lobby, the scientists just they all like you. You talk with the scientists. You go outside to the lobby of like the reception office of whatever building this is, and the military just crashes through the windows, oh, crashes the through the doors, <laughs> through the ceiling, and everything's going down. And you're in the middle of everything, and you're just taking damage. And the music cues up, and it's go time now, you know. <laughs> and 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 oh my god, that those those are like super high points of the game for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna say. Uh... Yeah, like, yeah, there was a couple parts where I was like, yo, this music right now is going, like, 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 <laughs> like the, I, the, the song, the standout one for me was when you get the, the, the suit and you put the suit on oh, and yeah. then you like step out and then it's just like a drum track and it just, it, it's hitting. And that's definitely going to be one of our songs that we're playing on this episode. So. <laughs> Oh, I, I, it's like it's like the music goes, and then you see all the information of the suit in your heads-up display. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so satisfying. Yeah. That's so, I don't remember if that was in the first one, but that is so satisfying. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you that one. Yeah. What was your so? What was your favorite chapter or section of the game, Trevor? And um, you said the you said the chat. Actually, I, I might have you said the um office complex, right? No, I think he hates the office complex. Oh, oh, oh. Well, as far as, like, I guess combat, that was, like, yeah. the, the slowest one. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite? Uh, man, I'm trying to remember exactly what the names of the chapters. No, well, you don't just have to say the names. Explain what happens. Like, 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 there's the setting or, like, the enemies. 
Um, I don't know. The the most satisfying one was once you get the shotgun and you're <laughs> you're able to like I know I use it a lot on those um like the dog enemies. Yeah, hounds. Hound, yeah, yeah, hounds eyes. Um, that was fun because you could be a little bit more mobile. Um, because some of the other enemies I would immediately try to find something to hide behind but with those you could kind of come at them straight on um but I know that was still kind of early on in the game I'm trying to think of I know we were talking about music but the part where you're on the the rails oh uh, yeah that part was that part is way longer in this game they expanded they expanded that part the rails one Mm -hmm. I think that I thought that was pretty cool Man, I've never slowed down either. <laughs> I just was like full speed ahead. <laughs> like I wasn't even expecting like a part of the game to be like that. Like the little train. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like. I, I. 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 They definitely made that part way better, and and that was really enjoyable for me as well. I didn't think because I usually hate those kinds of stages in video games. I hate where you're just sitting and and it, it's more like a on rail like stuff. A, like an on rails like the Star Wars arcade game, you know? It's cool when it's designed for that, but when you let me move around and then you suddenly don't let me move and I have to like b- basically play House of the Dead here or Time Crisis or whatever, I don't like that. But in this game, I thought they did it very well because you're not actually uh, bound to the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Actually, for the end of the game, I got stuck behind like three Vortigons. So I just got out of the car and made a run for it. And I passed the last chapter, the last part of that rail system. I just did it on foot. <laughs> yeah. I think, so what was your favorite part then, Jonas? My favorite part, was pro- it, 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 it's the off- after the office complex when you first meet the military. Oh, okay. That, that's 100% like, well, it's between, yeah, I, I think it's that one. I really like when you go outside after you blow up the helicopter, like the, the whole part of the game after you get knocked out and you, you kind of like have to go through what's going on with, with getting all your stuff back and you're actually seeing the facility from the outside and you see the tanks and stuff like that. I love that part. On the first one, I liked it a lot, but in this specific game, like I'm, I'm talking about the Black Mesa, the, the, the strongest impression for me was when I first meet the military, when they kill the scientists, like just like that, like, oh, like he's trying to talk to them and he's like, they, they, he gets shot and that's when you realize, <laughs> oh, they're not, they're not actually the good guy. So yeah. you kill them, you know? And actually, so the first time I... I ran down with the guy, and he got shot, and then I, I it wasn't <laughs> expecting it, so then I got shot, and I died. So then the next time, he came in, and I shot him before he could kill the other the soldier, or oh, before he man. could kill the scientist. That's good guy Marcus. Name. Yeah, no, I, I was too slow. He did not survive under my watch. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite part was either the... Well, what part? It was... I really, really like the mine, the trip mine puzzle oh. with the platforming where you're just in that big warehouse with all those trip mines and you got to have to maneuver around. Like something out of Mission Impossible. Exactly. <laughs> I really like that part or the, the portal puzzle section. Oh, I dude. really liked, like Trevor, you, 
I, I don't know how you feel about this game, and we're, we'll get to it because we're about to wrap this up, but yeah. I definitely think you need to at least play until the portal puzzle part because that part was <laughs> super dope to me. <laughs> you like all the parts that I'm really bad at. <laughs> <laughs> I like the parts that there was no combat. <laughs> um, all right, well, yeah. I, I, the only other thing I was going to say, and I... I forgot to bring this up was I remember specifically when you were launching the rocket and you were going up those different levels and there's enemies. I felt like the enemies there were a little bit bullet spongy with the shotgun where sometimes it would take two or three shots to kill them. Wait, and which ones? Which ones? They're just the regular soldiers. Oh, oh, okay, and, I get it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like I, I'm not really a, I dislike bullet spongy enemies, and I was getting that vibe a little bit. Specifically at that section, I would say yeah. overall, I felt like the enemies could take a little bit more damage than I felt like they should have. But ultimately, like it's all good. But I felt like specifically with the shotgun mm-hmm. at that section, mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, these dudes are taking a lot of a lot of." Yeah, I would I would hit them point blank with the shotgun. Sometimes they wouldn't die. Yeah, like, yeah. What you know? Or you what? do the double. I would do the double shot. And sometimes they wouldn't explode, and I'd have to shoot a single one. And I'm like, why do I got to use three shots to kill these guys? Yeah, I um, I never used a double shot. <laughs> oh, I used it all the time. Uh, see, um, I, I that's why I, I was I was I basically beat the game with the revolver because I would just that's why I was trying to go for headshots so often because I, I was just thinking like the risk reward between. Getting the headshot and just using one bullet versus missing and tra- having to use three instead, or worse, maybe five or six. So yeah, I was definitely going for the headshots because the enemies are super bullet spongy, mm-hmm. especially the um at that part near n- like the soldiers m- closer to the end. They just get this massive buff that mm-hmm. I, I just you know the the Vortigons and the Sen aliens they sort of stay the same, but the military does know the matchup and they come prepared <laughs> they do know yeah. the matchup for sure yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i guess do we have anything else game wise we need to talk about or are we going to talk about just ultimately how do we like the game i i think i think we've talked about all right i, I I've, I've gotten everything out of my system I think. <laughs> oh i guess the only last thing is how did you feel about the last boss that section because oh, I didn't really care for it. I, I, I liked I liked the the concept and I thought it was a really cool way. But like, man, like it was it was difficult. And I and I guess I I did enjoy that. But it was just like I don't like being overwhelmed with enemies because I'm kind of like I want to kill everything. And it kind of felt like there's no way you could have done that. And you were supposed to feel overwhelmed. And so there was a couple of times where like. I there was one time where I ran and tried to jump into the portal and I literally missed it and died. Oh, <laughs> after all that, I know. So like, yeah, like I just felt. Oftentimes, I felt super like overwhelmed, and I was just like, man, I really want to kill everybody, but I don't have enough ammo or life, and and like I'm not even in a good position to jump down into the portal. And it was like See, GGs in my in 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 my head cannon. I didn't want to leave my guy that was helping me out all alone <laughs> with all these monsters. So I was trying to kill everyone. But it was just so overwhelming that I was just like, uh, you know, sacrifices must be made. So I just jumped. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my home is dead, but 
It's a worthy sacrifice. You <laughs> he know? sacrificed himself so you could make it. <laughs> See, uh, for me, uh, I uh, confession time. I thought that because the game actually came out on Steam officially and not through a mod, I had the impression that the extent was completed. So when I got into the portal, I was expecting a whole other part of the game to happen. You know, mm. so it didn't feel like a final thing to me. Mm-hmm. Not yet, at least. Especially because I was also tracking my progress using the... When you go to a new game, you can see the chapter names and what chapter you're currently at. Because you can start a new game on a future chapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I, I since, since the game, this game ends on chapter 15. But there's five more chapters that are shown on the HUD. On, on the interface or whatever. So I was oh, expecting I didn't a even whole, check that. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting a whole nother part of the game, um, but it wasn't there. So it didn't feel like a last boss to me. I do remember because I, I, you know, I, I was expecting the boss to be the mother brain thing, right? Yeah. So there's like another part of the game that I'm not like. I got on the website while we were talking here, and I saw screenshots. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait. When are you, <laughs> yeah, when yeah, because ten more years. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. I, I guess, like, sort of, like, impression-wise, the this game, I know, like, it's not, like... I'm, I'm sorry if you guys didn't, like, go rave at it as much as I am. I, I feel like um, the game definitely is more, more about feeling and, like, what actually happens other than, like, the gameplay slash story aspect of it. It's very, like, depending on... on the setting and the music and and like the actions of the characters around you not necessarily like like what would traditionally be like high moments in a cutscene you know mm-hmm. that's just how i feel like i like the whole feeling of me being a scientist i'm in a lab i'm trying to escape and all odds are against me you know so that's my pull into the game that's why i had to come back to it you know because mm-hmm. it's it's been a while since i i i i, I played just a normal single player first person shooter it's been like i cannot even remember the last time i played a first person shooter on on you know on pc single player style you know so i i'm i i feel like satisfied i don't know about you guys so ultimately trevor what would you say about this game like what what would you you said one through ten Jonas? is that what you were yeah one through ten that yeah, that's my rating system I'm trying to remember what i gave Chronicles of Riddick. You can give it like a two. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would put it right under Chronicles of Riddick. Damn. So, no. Uh, I don't remember bad. what you... Chronicles of Riddick was good. Oh, so you I, were the one that liked it. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Chronicles of Riddick had much better dialogue, even though y'all were hating on the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this game was fun. I would give it it's it's a solid seven. I would even give it an eight, just because I wasn't expecting it to do some of the things that it did, like when it drops you in with a crowbar. Like I've seen some, um, like screenshots of the game, and I know the main character uses like a crowbar in it, um, in Half Life Two. Um, so when they drop me in with the crowbar. I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be using this throughout most of the game. Um, but then it gives you other weapons and um, mines and, and other equipment. 
and then even the different enemy types were, were cool too um and then even the the level design was really good in this game um so if it's even if it's faithful to the original game that's even more impressive that they had level design like that um when the original game came out in 98 <laughs> So uh, okay, so the reason why I was laughing, Trevor, is because I looked at your list of 2018 because I have it saved on my phone, and you said you liked it less than Chronicles of Reddit behind it, right? Dang, I did put that way down on my list. You put it at number eleven, and you put it in front of Ninja Gaiden, which I know you didn't like. (laughs) So Mm. he's saying, like, I guess it's on the edge of games that I like. (laughs) 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 I guess it's. Fine. <laughs> I mean, it is. I I would. Okay, I put it like this. Do you are you at at all interested in playing Half Life Two now that you? Or I mean, I know you haven't finished the game. Do you intend to finish the game? Um, I'll probably finish it. Okay. Um, uh, just and because then... I know what's coming up. Um, like as far as the end of the game, um, and. I've always wanted to play Half-Life 2 just mm-hmm. because of what I've heard about the game. Um, so before I do play Half-Life 2, I will most definitely finish Black Mesa. Gotcha. And then and then if that's the case, then, then I think that's more important. It's not necessarily how much you like this game, but like, are you at least interested enough in seeing the series out or whatever? So Yeah, and especially now that I know it's kind of... Um, um, related to Portal 2. Um, yeah. That makes me even more interested in looking at because Portal doesn't have like a lot of lore. Um, it's more fleshed out in the second one. Not fleshed out. You, you definitely get more of it in the second yeah. one. Because like so, the setting. So have you played... Sorry, sorry if you mentioned this in the start of the episode. Did you play the other Half-Life games or just Portal? No, just Portal. Alright, so... Cool, it's because you want to play the Half Life games and then you jump in Portal Two, like connects really nicely, you know. Um, but you got like sort of, you got a bunch of more content if you decide to stick around with the franchise, mm-hmm. because you got Half Life Two, then Episode One, and then Episode Two. Episode One's pretty short. Episode Two is way longer. It's like sort of like almost as long as this this game. So. You got some content ahead of you. <laughs> the one thing I will say, I, I was talking to Dante. I don't remember there being as many enemies in Half-Life 2 as as this game. No, because you kind of have... Because the the Vortigons... Uh, whatever. Spoilers. The Vortigons are not actually bad. Like, the aliens are not actually bad. Yeah. They're just being controlled by Mother Brain, right? Yeah. So after that, when you get to the second game, you're not actually fighting all these different types of aliens you're just fighting the combine which are another alien but they're like human like aliens from the third dimension but they all look the same because they're all wearing like stormtrooper like equipment well that and like because i I remember the head crabs i remember the zombies and i remember the aliens that stick on the ceiling and pull you up but i didn't remember anything like i was like yo who are these bulwarks where are these hound eyes the, the i remember the vortigots but i was like i don't remember killing them in the last game so <laughs> why am i killing them now <laughs> yeah yeah so i, I was just like oh and then like you know there's no i don't remember there being assassins um 
I don't remember those enemies that have the homing yeah. weapons. I don't remember um, the little uh, fish yeah. monsters. Yeah, there was just a lot more enemies in this game. Um, yeah, that's a plus that this game has over the second one, I think. Even uh, though the combine are super badass to fight against, but you definitely have the variety because it, it does feel like it's a war and you're in like in the middle. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. Um, well, for me, I think I would say this game is probably, I would say like a six and a half or seven. Um, it's It definitely makes some things make a little bit more, I won't even say make a little bit more sense, but set some context to some of the stuff that I have seen. And I am interested in like I, I did play Half-Life 2 episode 1 and episode 2 um, and it I'm like yo I, should I recheck these games out it's been like I think 8 or 9 years since I last played them so like should I check them out again so I don't know I, I, I thought about I definitely have thought about checking those games out again um, but yeah there was just like for me like I and maybe again like take this with a grain of salt because I played it on a controller, but, like, this, the combat was a little bit finicky for me. Like, enemies seemed kind of bullet spongy, which I didn't really care for. Um, I just really wasn't, besides the helicopter, I guess, I really wasn't accurate fighting enemies, and um, I didn't really care for, I just wasn't in the mindset to play a game where there was no objectives, and maybe things would be a little bit easier if I were to play it again, and, like, I kind of have an idea of what I need to do. And then also dealing with that technical difficulty in the beginning kind of soured me a little bit. And I just I just felt like, I don't know, like... I, but there are definitely highlights. I've really, really dug the puzzling in this game. I And I really, like me and Jonas kind of alluded to earlier, I really like the points in the game where it pays homage. or Or not even homage, but it's like you can see the groundwork for future games that they did come out with. So it's, it, it may be nostalgic for Valve games, and I really, really dug that. I'm, 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 I'm happy that... I, 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 the reason I want those highlights, that, that makes me glad because it just, it just like conveys to me that you, like you, those highlights are like what kind of like make the game for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like those high points of the game kind of like overthrow because the ga the game is definitely not perfect even the first one had a lot of like what is going on here but just the the highlight moments and just the 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 figuring it out kind of feels good you know mm -hmm. um i guess I, i have to give it a rating right um Ten. <laughs> nah nah i'll give it i'll give it a nine though because and, and i still think it's the best half-life game because like i said it's like You get you take everything that made one work, when you put it on the engine of two, you, that's really a formula you can't really f up at all. You know. You know what? So, so you take that nine and you subtract the gravity gun and dog and Alex, <laughs> and then you, you equal a seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave it a nine. I am kind of annoyed. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed that I, I got the game and the send is not finished. I, I don't know why I was under, under the impression that that part was going to be in the game. Because I guess it's been so long since the game came out and everybody was saying, oh, I can't wait for the send to come out. I can't wait for that to come out. It's going to be like its own game. Whereas now that the game came out, I, I paid whatever it was to buy it 
and it's still not done. I'm like, why? I I, I want to play that part, you know. So that's frustrating. Um, actually, I'll give it an eight point five because I cannot wait until the scent comes out. Once that comes out, if it's good, I'll give it a nine. All right. <laughs> um, Before it even comes out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that the high points came through. Uh, it, it, I, it, for you guys, it feels like it's like a summer blockbuster movie where you're going to see it once but not really bother to see again, right? This is like the um, the Avengers 2 of, of Half-Life <laughs> games. <laughs> that is exactly it for us. And Jonas <laughs> is like, yo, this is Iron Man 1. I got to see the rest of the series play out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I still think it's it's a sick game, yeah. Okay, all right, and then uh, so uh, we'll we'll wrap up this episode then. So I, I have the question: um, <laughs> if you guys could play any fan made uh, remake of a game, what game would it be? And so uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be a modern game or a new game or whatever, but kind of like I think. I think I'm going to lean towards a game that would be something like this, where it's like, okay, like they could definitely modernize, not modernize it, but maybe make the game look a little bit better. You it's know, doable. Touch it up, but maybe maybe add some things that they add later on to the series. Maybe add some characters that pop up later on if it is a game that is a series. Maybe add a couple of missions and, and things like that. I definitely have a game in mind, but I kind of want to hear what you guys have to say. Which one? You can go first, Jonas. No, no, I thought you were gonna say one. Oh. Okay, so you want me to? You want me to like? I mean, a game that could realistically be remade, right? Because like something that's still achievable by fans. Uh huh. Yeah. So I cannot. I was trying to think of a game that maybe everybody can relate to, but there's this one game in my childhood that's called Sewell. Do you guys remember that game? How do you spell it? C-O-O-L. So this is a game Wait, where... C-O-O-L? Yeah. Cool? Sewell. Sewell with a Z. Like Sewell. Oh, Z. I thought you said C. I'm like, what? Sewell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you basically control a ninja in a candy world. It's the hypest game for the Atari <laughs> Jaguar, okay? And I would love to see a modern take on this game. Either this game or Bubsy. Do you guys ever play Bubsy? I've heard of it. I've it's, never played it. It sucks, but it's something that... I, oh, there's a new one. Oh, there is wow. a new one. They're coming oh, no. out with a third one. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the second one is bad, too, so... <laughs> yeah, basically, either Sewell... Or there's this other game that was a Digimon RPG game, Digimon World, I think it was called. So and you're taking just, you're taking like them to you want them to remake the game on for modern platforms or like because like these are 2D games that you're pointing out, right? Well, Soul is a 2D game, but since I know that Soul isn't like a game that I played it on the Atari Jaguar that my grandma had. Mm -hmm. So I know that I probably, there's probably like three people that play that game. So if not that game, there's a game called Digimon world where it was like, uh, how do I explain this? You, Oh my God. It's literally harvest moon in Digimon 
where you actually like walk around this world with your Digimon, and it's like it's it kind of came out in the same PlayStation era where the graphics were really bad, but the gameplay was really good. You know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Where there was this one part of gaming history where it, the, everything was 3D, but it was bad 3D. So this Digimon game, it lo- it's it was so good back then. You would have to feed it. Your Digimon would poop. Your Digimon would fight. It would level <laughs> up. It would evolve. I want this. I want that game on a modern platform. So, so Digimon World. I'll, I'll stick with Digimon World. Yeah. Okay. You what about what so about you guys? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with the first Assassin's Creed. <gasps> oh, wow. <laughs> I so I actually I know you love that game, right? Well, I didn't. I, I didn't play the first one until. <laughs> After I played the second one, oh, gotcha. um, so I was kind of disappointed in the repetitiveness. I loved um, it, <laughs> but if it were to be remade, which I hope they do at some point, because I don't think it's been remastered. Um, but I think, man, they they really missed out on that because the ten year anniversary was twenty seventeen. Yeah. I think they they rather make new games. Well, they've remastered. I mean, <laughs> um, they took breaks. Two and and um, I'm guessing the uh, Brotherhood and and Revelations. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, Brotherhood. But yeah, I don't know why they don't want to touch one. But so if probably just be- I, I would prefer you know if another it doesn't even have to be Ubisoft, but you know another. Um, Studio from Ubisoft. It was supposed to be fan-made, yeah. quote-unquote. That was the, the spirit of the question. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think the fans would do it better justice for um, for Desmond. So, maybe one of the reasons why they haven't is because it was Altair and not... Uh, what's the guy in the second one? Ezio. Ezio. And Ezio was way more of a likable character. I remember Altair, a lot of people's complaints about him is he was kind of stale. And he was also like a really, I think if I don't remember correctly, he was a really accomplished uh, assassin at that point. And I think Ezio, you got to see him from the beginning. So you kind of felt like you were part of his journey of becoming a, a good assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, like I, I, I played the first I played Assassin's Creed 1 and 2. Those are the only two I've played. And I really like... I mean, 2 is a better game by far. But I really, really like 1. And it was very uh, repetitive. But I was at that point in life where I had nothing but time. And so it was definitely one of those games where I just dropped into the world. And I was just... I did... I killed a lot of time in that game. Just roaming around and doing a lot of the missions. And doing the collectibles. And, you know, all that stuff. So I, I saw a large... I think I like almost 100 percent that game and got all the achievements almost. Yeah, but yeah, I like to see that one just because I want to see see it done so that the story better connects to what they're trying to do with the newer Assassin's Creed games. Because mm-hmm. like the first few games, they were trying to keep them a lot more historically accurate. Whereas now, I mean, it's kind of wide open. You've got chocobos running around um, in the desert. <laughs> So, I've never played an Assassin's Creed game. I was gonna say too that they they have their I don't know. <laughs> I've only I, played I, the I mean, first. Don't get me two. wrong. I I think I think they look cool, and I, I the impression that I have of that franchise is the guy throwing himself off the church into the 
truck full of hey <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all i know about assassin's creed yeah um the one thing i would say too is um is at least with that is like that's the start of the desmond story and i think he even more so than the assassins is like the main or at one point he was the main part of the story so like it would be cool to like maybe flesh out that beginning game a little bit so i think that is a good answer um well so one of my answers is it doesn't really count because they are coming out with a second one but i, I would have said beyond good and evil also oh, would have, cool. also would have said psychonauts um <laughs> but my actual answer and i i it's mass effect man <laughs> like dude like, i would love a remake of mass especially effect. especially now that they've come out with like a bad Mass Effect and like the EA is our Bioware is kind of uh, not doing so good. Like, can you imagine like a Mass Effect if they brought some of the like even just something simple of bringing some of the races from the later games into the original Mass Effect? So like you could have like a Batarian like in the game yeah. or like the the uh, Geth as teammates or like even if they just show up as NPCs and that could be really cool. But like even just like if they tweaked Mass Effect 1 and it gave it the combat from the later games... Um, dude, dude. Like, <laughs> like there's dude. there's a lot that they could... Like, cause do, I think not, <laughs> do not mess with Mass Effect 1's combat, alright? Okay. That game is perfect, man. <laughs> look, Mass Effect look, 1 is perfect. Listen, listen. I 1,000% agree with you. But I'm saying, as far as like, if you wanted to sell this to people, <laughs> yeah, I know, I then, got you. Yeah. Like, I, like, because I, I like Mass Effect One better than Mass Effect Two. Well, if it's fan made, you can have what the fans actually want. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, we we are not going to sit here and pretend that Mass Effect Two isn't more popular than Mass Effect One. We are yeah, the hipsters in on this. <laughs> It's funny that you say that you would pick Mass Effect because now I'm thinking, wow, I effed up with my answer. I would definitely pick Knights of the Old Republic instead. The the first one? The the first or second one. They're both really good. They both have really bad graphics and I would like okay. to see them have the Black Mesa treatment. Honestly, honestly, you could pretty much pick any Bioware game because like, I think the first Dragon Age I would probably also include. I didn't really... I played Knights of the Old Republic, the first one, for like an hour. I didn't really like that. All right. Yeah. So I'm not a Star Wars fan. So that's fine, that's fine. that wasn't the draw for me, but like I, I started playing the game and I, I, I immediately fell off because you couldn't take control of like you just told your character to do something and then you watch it happen so i really like dragon age and i really like mass effect because you were the mm -hmm. one actually controlling doing the 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 yeah. attacking and i I've really really age. liked i really like dragon age because unlike in map because i played mass effect first and then dragon age and okay. in mass effect trevor you like tell your teammates like here go here go here and then you just tell them to shoot and they shoot whereas in dragon age you play your character, but then you could also play the teammates. So you could like literally switch to them and then do their attacks. Mm. And so that that was really cool. It was like you could tell them the, the AI to do something and they would do it, but you could also take control of them too. And I think that would be really cool in Mass Effect because like in Mass Effect you choose one class and then your teammates are whatever else to complement you or whatever. But like that would have been a cool way to kind of see like. What does the soldier class do, or what does the 
Biotic or the Adept class do? Because in Mass Effect, I only knew, like, I picked, um, I can't even remember the, what is the sniper class called? What, what Garrus is? Uh, I don't even remember. But, like, that was the class I always picked because that's, like, I was, like, sniper and I have a little bit of Biotic, so that's cool. And then it wasn't until later on that I wanted to get, like, I I picked, made other characters and got to experiment with the other stuff. Whereas when I played Dragon Age, and I just beat the game once, but I felt like I had a better idea of what all the classes did because I got to play, my character was a warrior, and mm-hmm. I got to play as my teammate that was a mage or as my teammate that was a rogue or whatever. So I got to see what the other classes got to do. Man, I think... Freaking Mass, Mass Effect, Effect is, oh today. Oh my god, dude. I think I'm going to download Mass Effect right now, for real. <laughs> but like, can you even... imagine? Like, I mean, it's the, 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 the original story... And then they can maybe throw in like some of the care, like oh, like you just happen across, like you see Jacob, and like he's just like a background character or something, or like freaking no. Morden on Vermeer. What know? if we can play Mass Effect One with the female Shepard from the other games? You know, wait, could you do that? Yeah, it wasn't the same. You could play. You could play Mass Effect One with a female Shepard. But like, I remember like specifically the female Shepards of the other games were like. The dialogue would change, like the story would change a little bit. I don't. Even... Oh, I don't know if that was that. That yeah, I don't think that that much changed uh, in the first one. I, I don't really think one, it yeah. was that big of a deal until the third one, honestly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I I would I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just play Mass Effect this time um, as a girl instead of. Or like if they, you remember in the second one where like you would see a cutscene and then they would you could do like a Paragon or Renegade moment in the middle of the cutscene. Like if you could do that, in the, if they brought yeah. that element to the oh my. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's make the Kickstarter right now. <laughs> so yeah, that's my answer. Um, man, we this was a long episode. Um, this was a long episode. Sorry. Yeah, we, we haven't <laughs> had a long episode for a while, so it, it's good to you know break that. Um, so yeah, you guys got any final thoughts for Black Mesa? Uh, I'm just glad this game even exists. Uh, the Half Life fans, I guess. Have been neglected even more than the Marvel vs. Capcom fans. So, oh, yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> it's been a while. I, I I hate that everything that I like gets no updates. So I'm glad that this can live on on a fan side of things, and it gives me hope that we can see Episode Three as a fan mod instead of you know waiting for Valve to do whatever they want to do. And also, like even the fact that this got made without getting shut down and it being as good as it is considering it was like just an act of whatever love for the franchise it just it just reminds me of other fan-made games that have to get you know shut down because of the company like the Chrono Trigger remake I don't know if you heard heard about that game but they they were making a Chrono Trigger remake from scratch and Square Enix shut it off and that was years ago yeah and you know Sometimes, like, I, I, I feel lucky that the game made even a six, you know? Like, it's even there. Okay. You got anything, Trevor? No, I think that's it. All right. Jonas, the only thing I say is, said it all. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on, Jonas. I, I This wouldn't have been a game that I don't, I don't think any of us <laughs> would have chosen. Not, not that it was bad or anything like <laughs> that, but um, just... I, I don't know. I, I, I could tell... At least maybe Greg... Uh, also, um, none of us are like really, really big Half Life fans. Yeah, so, yeah. 
And I forgot to mention, like, uh, Greg was, he wanted to be here, but he wasn't able to be here because having some family stuff. So just keep him and his family yeah. in your thoughts. Um, For sure. But uh, yeah, um, where can people find you at, Trevor? Uh, you can find me on Pandora and other surrounding planets um, as I'm playing Borderlands 3. Um, you can find me at Lyric Unsung on Xbox Live. Where can people find you at, Jonas? Uh, you can really just hit me up on Twitter, Twitter at Lowrate, or if you just send me a DM there, I'm looking for friends to play Dota. So gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using I'm using this episode as an ad. If you want to play Dota with me, hit me up, please. Do you stream at all? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm 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 probably gonna start streaming again. I I saw that you posted that people don't stream into the breach enough. Oh my I kinda, god! But I kind of want to stream FTL again. So you can find me at Twitch. Um, my ID is Raidbot on Twitch. And I usually stream either fighting games or indie games, so for sure, um, I'm I'm just I'm I'm. Thank you for inviting me, by the way. Like oh, it, no it, problem, it was so dude. fun. <laughs> it was a great um, excuse to play Black Mesa, and you know, I I I know where you guys are coming from because if you're not like a super into the franchise thing, the game can be a little bit like off-putting. But hey, man. I enjoyed it, so yeah, yeah, I'm happy. I'm, I'm I'm happy with with the game, and I, I I I really can't just wait until whatever more content comes out for it. Gotcha. And um, yeah. Until you play indie games, we are trying to up our amount of bonus uh, bonus cast. So we might have to bring you on for a bonus cast so we can hit our, yeah, our five for the year. You 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 know you can always hit me up and. This is this this is we already we were already on another podcast and yeah it, it, it feels it feels pretty cool to hang out with you again man for yeah real. man um, and yeah you can find me on potatoes as Twitter um, potato salad or you can find me probably in Jonas's stream if he's playing FTL <laughs> or Into the Breach uh, so yeah um, well with that uh, we are missed checkpoints and we're out peace. finished recording that I forgot to reveal the games, so let me go ahead and reveal that so you guys aren't left hanging. So, we the Black Mesa episode concludes September night, uh, September, the month of September, so uh, for October it's going to be my month and then the two games that I chose are 50 Cent, Blood in the Sand and Barkley, Shut Up, and Jam Gaiden. And actually, I think we're going to play Barkley first. So, reverse that order. First is Barkley, Shut Up, and Jam Gaiden. And then, later on in the month, we'll play 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. Then, for the month of November, it's going to be Trevor's month. And he chose Luca, Born of a Dream. And then, last but not least, uh, Greg. He has the month of December, wrapping up 2019. 
and the game we have is Castlevania Lords of Shadow. So um, that's going to finish out 2019. Uh, we will probably try to have a couple of guests on. Um, we really do like having people on. So if anybody is interested, um, we have a couple of people lined up for some of these games. But if you are interested, feel free to reach out to us on our Twitter or our Facebook um, and just let us know. Um, and then if there's any games that you're looking forward to us or uh, would like to either be a part of or like to listen to us, also just drop us a line on either of those two modes of communication and just let us know what you look forward to us playing in 2020. All right, and with that, we are Miss Checkpoints, or me by myself. I'm Miss Checkpoints, and I'm out. Peace. Peace.